What's going on, everybody? Thank you so much for kicking off your week with us. This is your Monday edition of Fantasy MLB Today. We are a Sports Ethos presentation, and I'm your host, Joe Orico. You can find me on Twitter at JoeOrico99 and also at EthosFantasyBB. Make sure you go check out EthosFantasyBB. That is where all of our new baseball and fantasy baseball work is posted from, whether it be podcasts, articles, or different notes that go out right on Twitter. That is where you will find all the stuff. You can also go right to the source as well, sportsethos.com. We have coverage of all four major sports, fantasy, wagering. We really have it all, specifically in terms of fantasy basketball. uh, It doesn't really get much better than sports ethos. So please do make sure you guys check out the site when you get a minute. We are going to be going over some of the signings that took place over the last couple of days, over the weekend here. We're going to pause the review shows for pitchers again because, like we've been talking about, when the stove is hot, we will talk about the signings and then we'll get back to the pitching review because that's not really something that needs to be on any specific schedule. We can review pitchers in February if we really need to. It's not going to get to that point. Most of the players have already signed up. Most of the players that are worth talking about have already signed up. And we had a couple of big-name signings take place over the weekend. We are going to be talking about six of them today. Depending on how you want to classify a big name at this point, a couple of them are undeniably big names. And then we're also going to talk about Joey Gallo in there. So depending on how you want to view him, eh, maybe we won't call it a big name show. We'll just call it a weekend in review show. And I think the first one that needs to be talked about, Dansby Swanson. He cashed in. I think we were kind of expecting him to get somewhere in this range. I don't think that the money is crazy. Seven years, $177 million for Dansby Swanson to go play for the Chicago Cubs. I think it's pretty reasonable, honestly, like in terms of everything. He's 28 years old. He's going to be signed for seven years till he's 35. Or I mean, he's going to be turning 29 in February, so I guess if you want to say 36 years old. That's a lot better than signing players until they're in their 40s, even if those players are quite a bit better. Now, how big is the trade-off between a guy like Dansby Swanson versus Carlos Correa, Trey Turner, Xander Bogarts? It's significant enough, but I don't know if it's that significant where you'd want to pay an extra six years. Like, looking at all the shortstop contracts, this one is really good. Now, there are certain things about Dansby I like, certain things I don't like, but overall... He's pretty consistent. We know what he is, and he's boosted up his home run totals these last couple of years a little bit as well. Playing a lot of games, you know, his his percentages are fairly consistent in terms of strikeout and walk rate. Uh, Batting average for the career, fairly consistent as well. We know what we're getting out of Dansby Swanson. Roughly 20 to 25 home runs, we'll call it. Maybe those runs and RBIs will fall off a little bit in Chicago. It's to be expected. He'll probably not drive in 100 and probably won't score 100, which he was just about doing both of that this year. Uh, He'll probably be closer to the 80-80 range while still stealing you probably 10, 12 bases and hitting 260, 270 range. We we generally know who he is, and he is a a very good shortstop, both offensively and defensively. I think this is a really good move for Chicago. Now, it it is objectively a downgrade in terms of his teammates around him. You're not going to be looking at the same kind of lineup. It's, you know, they've gotten better. Chicago's lineup, the Cubs, they got Horner. They got Swanson, Hap, Suzuki, Bellinger, Morrell, Mervis, Jan Gomes, and Alfonso Rivas. I, it's not bad. Like it, it's definitely better than it was a couple of weeks ago, even a, you know, even a week ago. Cody Bellinger, if he has a bounce back year, it could be very nice. Swanson, if he maintains what he's been doing these last couple of seasons, it could also be very nice. Uh, it, it's still a downgrade. So that's why we're talking about the 99 runs, 96 RBIs. Those are likely to go down a little bit. But other than that, I think what he does is fairly sustainable from a fantasy point of view. It would make me want to draft him a little bit lower. We're looking at his ADP right now at 75. It's pretty sad, but he is now the only Cub who is going with an ADP inside of the top 100 
in draft champions at 75. No one else. I mean, the next highest is Seiya Suzuki at pick 133, pretty much 134. Kind of ugly. Kind of ugly for the Cubs. He is their probably their best player now, I guess. He probably is, which is maybe not a situation you want to be in with your franchise. But eh, regardless, I think that you probably move him down a little bit here in terms of where he's being drafted. Uh, he's going at pick 75, Tim Anderson at 79, Tommy Edmond at 82, Bogarts at 88. Personally, I think Bogarts and Swanson should generally do kind of a flip there. Uh, I would move Bogarts up about a round. Swanson maybe down about a round. I think that's roughly correct. Bogarts is going to a, a much better team than he's been on. I mean, specifically last year. Boston, historically, with Bogarts has been very good. But last year, last couple of years, really not so great. He's going to a stack top of the order. You're, you're likely going to be moving him up. Whoever you are making projections, rankings, whatever, Bogarts is going to move up. Swanson should move down a touch, but I don't think it's going to be so, so bad. He's a fairly durable player, which, you know, we always preface that with, you know, previous durability is not necessarily a sign of future uh, durability. But 162 games this year, 160 last year. He played all 60 during 2020. He's out on the field quite a bit. He's very good defensively, so he's not somebody who's going to miss time because of that. He is the everyday shortstop there. He should be able to play close to 162 games. But you still have to downgrade him just a touch, just a touch. And that's not a knock on him. I think he's fine. What I want to take him, I mean, there's so many shortstops. You don't really need to be taking anybody in particular. There's not one shortstop where you have to say, you know, I really want him. Like there's certain pl- people who are saying you need to take Jose Ramirez if you're really early on in the draft. Some people are saying the same about Bobby Wood Jr. because of the scarcity at that position. It doesn't apply to shortstop. As we all know, it's one of the deeper positions in fantasy. You don't necessarily have to be taking him in the 70s or the 80s or even the 90s. There are options down until, like we've talked about when Carlos Correa signed, down to about, you know, 120, 125 ADP. You still have options. There's about 15 quality shortstops. You can go for Dansby. There are some guys, I think, with a little bit more upside, but he is very safe, consistent, 20, 80, 80, 15, 270. That's about what I would expect from him. Would I take him over Wander Franco? I I would. Willie Adamas is pretty close. I think I would probably go with Adamas, but there it's it's... Honestly, it's really close between those two. They're going to be right beside each other. An interesting one is Carlos Correa or Dansby Swanson. I think probably I'm still going to be going with Swanson, but it's pretty close. There's a big cluster of shortstops here, and I think the ADP is a little bit wider than it probably should be. Uh, That's why there is some value to be had in guys like Ahmed Rosario, Correa, Willie Adamas, because they are fairly close to the guys going in the 70s, and you get them a round or two later. So all that being said, I like Dansby. I think this is a good move for him. In terms of the Cubs as a baseball move, I think it makes them better. I mean, it certainly makes them better. But is it really going to matter? I mean, the division is very weak, so there's a chance they could sneak into that second seed. I think that you know it's pretty cut and dry. The Cardinals are going to win the Central next year, unless there's some crazy shit that goes down. The Brewers don't seem particularly serious. The Cubs are what they are. They've made a couple of moves. Who knows how serious they are? And then the Reds... And the Pirates are, are a laughing stock. No chance to even, you know, they're, they're 100 lost teams, pretty much guaranteed. The Cubs maybe can get that second spot in the division, maybe sneak into the wild card. But I don't know that they're really set up to do much over the course of this contract with Dansby. That's the thing from the from the real baseball side. Fantasy, it, it should be fine. Real baseball, it's like, why are you throwing all this money at Dansby Swanson when you could have brought back Wilson Contreras, who was a fan favorite, a couple years older, sure, but does it really make sense? Does it does it really 
does it really I don't know. It, it just feels really strange the way they've allocated money this offseason. Jamison Tyone, they gave a bunch of money to him, which didn't really make <clears throat> that much sense either when we, when he signed, we did a pod. I, I didn't think that that made much sense either. I just think their moves are kind of a team, and this has been talked about in terms of the Pirates, but the Cubs as well, spend money just to spend money and to make it look like you're doing something with the fan base. Swanson is a good signing. Does he move the needle in terms of how good this team is going to be long term? Not really. Good quality shortstop, top of the order bat, yes. But when you look at everything else, it's, it's a fine enough lineup, but they're not a team that's going to be making any noise. Maybe they sneak into the last wild card spot. They're not a team that's going to be, as currently constructed, uh, is going to be making much noise. So I'm not really sure why you throw a bunch of money at Dansby Swanson. I think it's more so the optics. You show the fan base, yes, we're willing to spend money. Maybe I'm wrong about that. It just doesn't seem like this is a, a move that makes that much sense from a baseball point of view. They're not going to be very good. They're not. They might might make the playoffs maybe but even that you know as I the more I've said that over the last couple minutes it's like well maybe they will but likely they're still not going to be that great I'm I'm not totally sold from a baseball point of view a real life baseball point of view fantasy I, I like Dansby I think he had a really great year and maybe he doesn't you know touch the same stolen base numbers but other than that I I, I really like the guy I think the home runs should be able to stick like we've talked about, the runs and RBIs will go down a little bit. But overall, fantasy, I like it. Real life, not the biggest fan of this one, to be honest with you guys. Let's move on, though. Let's talk about the next signing here. We're not going in chronological order. The next one we have is J.D. Martinez. One-year, $10 million deal with the Los Angeles Dodgers. I kind of like it. I, I kind of like this move from a fantasy point of view. Even from a real-life point of view, I think it's fine. I do think the Dodgers have gotten... Much worse this offseason, though. I really don't think that they are going to be as good next year. You look at the bottom half of their order, it sucks. Losing Trey Turner is a huge loss there. I know that he was only there for a year and change, but it's a huge loss. Even losing Cody Bellinger, he's not great, but, I mean, you'd probably take Cody Bellinger over Trace Thompson in the outfield. You know, probably. Thompson was okay this year, but are you going to be relying on him? He's almost 32 years old. You really want him as your starting center fielder. You know, Chris Taylor starting at second base, James Outman in left. I don't know that that's really what we are hoping for from the Dodgers. I mean, Mookie, Freeman, Will Smith, Max Muncie, J.D. Martinez is pretty good. <clears throat> Not exactly spring chickens anymore, though. Max Muncie's gotten older. He's coming off of a horrible season. J.D. Martinez, he's 35 years old. Not a terrible season, but for, for his standards, not great either. You know, Freddie Freeman... It's great, but Freddie Freeman's not that young anymore. 33 years old, stole a lot of bases this year. Will he continue to do that? I don't know, and that's more so like me blending real life and fantasy, but I don't know that we look at this Dodgers team and think they're going to win 111 games again. I've said this a couple times throughout the offseason. We talked about it when Syndergaard signed. I'm not a huge fan of what they've done here. J.D. Martinez, he's a good addition. He's a good veteran presence, sure. He knows how to swing the bat. He hits for average. He can hit for power. Does it really matter, though? Does, is it really going to do that much? It's another piece of depth. Is he going to be able to start every game? No. I mean, maybe if he's DHing exclusively, we can see him play. And I think he is mostly a DH at this point of his career. Uh, I actually just want to check if he was even out. Because there's something that tells me he didn't play very much of the field at all this last season. Yeah, he actually DHed every single time this year. So he's probably not playing the field. That being said, he's still likely going to get some days off at 35 years old. Is he going to play every day? Probably not. Fantasy-wise... I think he should be okay uh, based on where he's being drafted. I think he's probably going to be fine, but I'm more just thinking about what the Dodgers have done this offseason and you know what their fan base must be thinking because it's, 
the team is okay, but the rotation is a huge, huge iffy one too. Like we've talked about the bottom four of the lineup, but you know they're going to be missing Walker Bueller all year. They brought in Noah Syndergaard as the you know essentially the replacement there. I don't know. We've talked about Julio Urias and how he might be due for some regression. Tony Gonsolin is certainly due for some regression. Dustin May, we're never sure if he's going to be healthy or not. And Clayton Kershaw, almost 35 years old, we know he's not going to be healthy for the whole season. So I'm not really sold on this team as currently constructed to be another World Series contender this year. I think they probably will end up still being fine. They'll make the playoffs. But are they going to win 111 games again? I'd be shocked. I I don't even know if they've set over-unders for next season in terms of uh, for futures for season-long betting for games one. I would take the under on whatever the Dodgers is because this is not looking like a very great lineup. In terms of J.D. Martinez, he's he's on his last legs. Like He's probably going to give you, you know, between 15 and 20 homers, decent counting stats, decent average, no stolen bases. He'll be fine enough, I think, for fantasy. He's going to pick 234. Seems about okay, I guess. Not anything that I'd be going crazy over. I'm I'm overall overall disappointed in the Dodgers. And I, I don't really care what the Dodgers do being a Toronto fan. They don't really affect me from a baseball perspective. They don't play my Jays very often. But I think that we're going to go into the season overrating them just because they are the Dodgers. And their moves, you know, J.D. Martinez, Noah Syndergaard, kind of underwhelming, to be honest with you. Nothing that really is going to be that exciting. As far as I can see it, maybe, maybe I'm crazy. Maybe they are still going to be able to find a way to win more than 100 games, make the playoffs, make a World Series run. I think they've gotten worse this offseason, and J.D. Martinez, well, he helps that out a little bit. He's an old dude at this point, can't play the field. Offensively, he has declined quite a bit as well. I am i don't know. It feels like they've just taken the last couple of pieces off the scrap heap that they can get. Yeah, Syndergaard, J.D. Martinez, you know, we signed a couple players to replace the outgoing players, and downgrades, definitely downgrades. So for me, I, I think it's a fine signing. I think it's okay, but it doesn't really move the needle for me that much other than just provide some depth and he'll start but he's not that great anymore he's really not like there's no steals coming at all not that there ever really were counting stats should rebound a little bit assuming he plays a lot but the home run totals are not coming back to where they used to be in the 30s and 40s I think at pick 234 here where he's going he's probably fine but there's no upside there there is no upside if you know he'll he'll match that ADP maybe maybe uh, you know outperform it a little bit but I wouldn't be expecting massive things here uh, from J.D. Martinez next season or from the Dodgers, for that matter. But I will let you guys let me know what you think there because maybe I'm crazy. Maybe the Dodgers are going to win 115 games next year and be better. I just think they've gotten worse. Let's move on, though. Let's talk about Andrew Benintendi. This one was talked about quite a bit over the weekend. Five years, $75 million for Andrew Benintendi to the Chicago White Sox. <clears throat> I think this is a very good signing, personally. Benintendi is still 27 years old. I think he's... Or sorry, he's 28 years old. 28 years old. Five-year contract will take him to age 33. He is a guy who has very good plate discipline for the career. Almost a 10% walk rate, less than 20% on the Ks. And this year, he actually only struck out 14.8%, walking 10% of the time. The big thing that everybody's talked about with him, and it also kind of applies to Lourdes Goriel Jr. as a side note, the power just kind of gone this year. After typically being a 15-20 home run guy, down to five home runs. Pretty much the same thing with Goriel. I find a hard time believing that he is just not going to hit for power anymore. Not that he'd ever had the greatest underlying power metrics, but five home runs, he should easily be able to rebound from that. It's it's just one of those things. With him and with Gurriel, I think when you look at it, 
it's just an outlier season where they are going to rebound next year. And I'm not even sure what Gurriel's final total was, but they are going to end up hitting more home runs next season just because of regression. It's not something that you can expect year in and year out. They are definitely quite a bit better than the five home runs that Benintendi hit. And yeah, Gurriel also hit five home runs and he played in 121 games, Benintendi 126. These guys should both be able to rebound. Uh, in terms of the counting stats, what will it look like on for Benintendi? I'm assuming better than 54 runs and 51 RBIs. Uh, I really personally like the White Sox. I think, yes, there is still maybe a little bit of overratedness when it comes to Eloy and Luis Robert just because of how much they're on the field. And again, maybe part of that is just that we haven't seen enough of them to really truly know what they can be over the course of a full season. But at the same time, I think they are quite a bit better than what they showed us this past season. Will Benintendi have a better, you know, better counting stats than he did on the Royals and, you know, for the Yankees part of the season? I would definitely expect that with the White Sox. Now, let me pull up roster resource and see where they have him projected to be batting. I would imagine, yeah, they have him in the two spot right now. It looks like a very good lineup. I mean, Anderson, Benintendi, Robert, Eloy, Moncada at five, uh, Andrew Vaughn, Yasmany Grandal, Gavin Sheets, Romy Gonzalez. I would move Moncada down, move Vaughn and Grandal up. Personally, I think Vaughn should be batting fifth. Uh, I, I, I like this team. I, I honestly do like this team. I think that there are, have been some errors the last couple of years with bringing in Tony La Russa and whatnot, but good young team. And Benintendi is still a young guy. 28 years old is young. That contract, I, I like it partially because it's not going to just extend out into his 40s, which I think you know you kind of have to do for some players. And Benintendi's not that same ilk where he'd get that kind of deal. But I like teams signing players where they don't have to be on the hook for them forever and a day. He's a very good contact hitter. Not the greatest defender, for sure. Uh, but, you know, I think that he is going to be mixing in probably... Well, no, you know what? He can't even mix in DH because it's going to be just strictly Eloy at DH. So he'll be in the field... I don't think that he'll lose playing time because of it, though. I think they just kind of have to stick him out there in uh, in left field. I believe they have him out there. Yeah, he'll be in left field, according to roster resource, which is probably correct. I like it. I like the signing from a fantasy point of view. I like it from a real-life point of view much more than, you know, the J.D. Martinez signing. I know they're completely different, but I, I definitely prefer Benintendi, and I think they're going fairly close in drafts. Benintendi at 251, and Martinez, yeah, they're going within the same round of each other. For me, I'm taking Benintendi. I think that there is more of a path to better counting stats. I mean, not that there's not going to be counting stats with J.D. Martinez. I just think with Benintendi, you're getting a better overall package. The counting stats, you get the stolen bases. I think the batting average will probably be a little bit higher with him as well. Uh, and both going in the same range there, I would, I, would have to take, I would have to take Benintendi. And, you know, it's not as far off as I might be making it sound like. But Benintendi, for me, is is very underrated. He had not a great season, but still, he's somebody who's very, very good. Like, And you look at previous seasons in the past. There's been a 20-20 season. There's been a 16-21, 13-10, 17-8. read too much into the low home run totals. I don't think it matters. I really don't think it matters. Even with Lourdes, we'll talk about him more when we do Blue Jays stuff. I don't think you can look at it and say... This is really going to matter that much in the long run. There's still guys who are able, capable of hitting home runs and who will hit more home runs as we, as we go on here. Uh, five is, is really not what you're going to expect out of Andrew Benintendi. I know I said it a minute ago, but now I'm just forgetting. Where, where did I say J.D. Martinez was going? 240, something like that? 
234. So he's going about a round ahead of Benintendi. I would probably hold off a round in that particular instance and just go for go for the White Sox outfielder personally. I don't think it's that far off, but I would lean Benintendi there. Let's talk Joey Gallo. I've been rambling a little bit here, guys. My apologies. Let's talk Joey Gallo. I don't know what to think anymore of Joey Gallo. It's a one-year, $11 million deal with the Twinkies. Will he bounce back? Who the hell knows with Joey Gallo at this point? Is the power still there with him? Yes. But everything else is atrocious. And, you know, what do you do with him? Do you do you draft him? Do you have – Do you? Have, I, don't, I, I don't know the answer to this. Usually I try and come to these shows and with answers. But with Joey Gallo, it's really hard to say if you should be drafting him or not. Personally, I mean, if you're talking about your 10- and 12-team leagues, not a, not a chance in hell am I drafting him. If he's hot, you can pick him up off the waiver wire. There's no need to take him in your standard home leagues, 12-teamers and what have you. If you're talking about 15-teamers, NFBC draft champions and whatnot, then sure. I mean, where he's going, I pick 411. I think that's fine. I'm not going to be jumping up for joy to take him there. I think if you're getting to that point, you need an outfielder. Maybe you need a little bit of power, sure. But he's going to be a drain on your other category, specifically batting average. Like one of the largest negatives for batting average you're going to be able to find. 160 this year, 199 last year, 181 the year prior. The dude sucks at hitting for contact. He has a high walk rate, but he sucks at hitting for contact. Usually the two things tend to go kind of hand in hand, not always. With a big power hitter, it doesn't necessarily have to. But man, to walk for the career 15% of the time and be below a 200 career hitter, it's, it's absolutely brutal. I'm not too interested. I think, you know, like I said, if you're... In your 12-teamers, pick him up off the waiver wire if he gets really hot, but there's no need to draft him. If you're in a draft champions, you can take him, but no guarantee he's even going to have a job all year the way that he has played. Like, I'm just not really going to be so interested in Joey Gallo. There's, there's, there's no reason to be until he actually goes out there and shows us that he can actually hit the baseball. I just can't see it. Now, there is something to be said of maybe you know going to New York, really mess with him, and maybe you know that's something that he'll – He'll change now that he's gone from there. I don't know. He was with the Dodgers for a while. Maybe he just needs a lower-profile environment like Texas, New York, Los Angeles, all big cities. Um, Minnesota, still a big city, but not to the same degree. Maybe he just gets out of the spotlight, can reimagine himself, reconfigure his swing, or whatever the hell it is. I don't know. But until he actually goes out there and proves it to us, I just can't be that invested in Joey Gallo for 2023. I'm I'm just really not there. Even though the price is cheap, I can't get behind it right now. Michael Brantley is the next guy we are going to talk about. One year, $12 million deal going back to Houston. I like Michael Brantley. I think this is a fine contract. There's no such thing as a bad one-year deal, obviously. But in terms of what you're getting out of Michael Brantley, really solid contact numbers. Obviously, he's close to a 300 hitter for the career. Even when he's not you know, playing that much, this year, 64 games. He still gave you five homers, batted 288, drove in 26 runs, scored 28 himself. He's going to pick 450. And, you know, at that point for him, in that lineup, I'll take it. I'm not sure. Let me see what Roster Resource has to say about that. I'm sure probably not at the top of the lineup for him. But you know what? They have him slotted in as number two right now. Specifically, if we go into the year and he's going to be bad in second, he's going to be a huge value at pick 450. I know he doesn't give you a hell of a lot in terms of counting stats, in terms of, you know, the home runs are not so great anymore. The steals aren't so great. But to getting a high batting average with a lot of runs, a lot of RBIs, Counting stats, I mean, you know, the home runs and the steals really is what he's not going to be giving you so much. And even there, he's not zeros. He's going to be giving you five or ten home runs, assuming he's healthy, and probably two or three steals. To go along with a 300 batting average, 
at this point in the draft, the pick 450, I'll take that every single time. Every single time. I think that he is going to be a bargain. He is not young anymore. He is 35. He'll be 36 early on next season. Uh, May. In May, he'll be 35. But I think it's still going to be pretty good. Pretty good value there, considering what you're taking him. Similar range to Gallo, but you know when you're taking such such a zero, such a negative number with your batting average, like you do with Gallo, you don't get any negatives like that with Brantley. Much better uh, lineup around him, much better spot in the batting order. Give me Brantley 100 times out of 100. Last guy we are going to talk about today, Justin Turner. This one I thought was a little bit interesting. It was essentially Justin Turner going to Boston, J.D. Martinez going to the Dodgers. Not an actual trade, of course. But it was a two-year, $22, roughly $22 million deal for Justin Turner with the Red Sox. There's been some speculation that he was brought in as a backup plan in case they let Rafael Devers walk or maybe he gets traded or whatever. He's their backup plan to come in and play third. For me, I don't understand that at all. Justin Turner is 38 years old. He just turned 38 last month. There's no, He's not a long-term option. That would be if Devers gets traded this offseason or if he gets traded during the season, then you could see Justin Turner playing some third base. But to think that he's going to any kind of replacement for Rafael Devers is crazy. If they try and sell the fans that load of shit, because they've already been selling serious loads of shit to the fan base recently, and you're hearing Xander Bogarts today talk about how he felt that he was slapped in the face by their contract offer. The Red Sox are a total mess, and it's, it's really hard to say what they're going to do. But to replace Rafael Devers... With someone 12 years his senior, really feels stupid. And I don't think it's going to happen. Maybe it does. Maybe they do it briefly. Like, if they just decide, and again, it doesn't make sense for them to tear anything down. After they just signed Yoshida, you know, they brought in Story last offseason. I don't think it makes sense for them to start tearing down necessarily, although it's kind of what they've already been doing. It's really weird. Like, there's no plan here. There's no coherency in what they're doing, so there's no way to predict going forward what's going to happen with guys like Devers, like Trevor Story even. Like, realistically, they should trade Devers. They should trade Story. They should trade Yoshida. Why the hell bother with any of this? They should just tear it down and rebuild. Their rotation is absolute dog water. The bullpen is pretty good. Now they brought in Kenley Jansen and Chris Martin. They've got a deep bullpen. That's about all they got going for them. Chris Sale is your ace. Nick Pavetta, two. Whitlock, three. Paxton, four. Bayo, five. It's dog water. It, it's brutal. You might get one start out of Chris Sale. You might get 15. Who knows what if he's your ace? Like, that is absolutely terrible. This team, I, it's hard to understand what they're doing. Bringing in Justin Turner, I, I don't understand it. And, you know, going back to the Dodgers, it's just another piece that the Dodgers lost. Not that Turner has been that great, but, you know, 13 homers, 81 ribbies, a 278 batting average, solid offensive player. It's another loss for the Dodgers, just to touch back on that point. But for the Red Sox, I just I don't really see it. I, 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 I'm speechless. I'm honestly speechless at their offseason. It has, it has definitely brought tears to the eyes of Red Sox fans seeing what they've done here because it just doesn't make any sense. Is Justin Turner going to be fine for them? He'll be okay. But like we said, he's 38. You can't have that high of expectations for a guy who is 38 years old. Now, in terms of the actual fantasy point of view here, he's going to pick 308 as a third baseman who's likely to see a good chunk of playing time. So there, yeah, I, I can get behind him there from a fantasy point of view. Good batting average, good power numbers still. Counting stats should be, you know, whatever in Boston. Probably not terrible, considering he's going to be likely at the top of the order. You know, third or fourth in the lineup, probably fourth. Maybe fifth even, but he'll be somewhere in the top half. It's not going to be terrible, but I don't know, guys. I'm just... 
this offseason has been really weird, and it's also come very fast. Everything is coming at you, so it doesn't really give you that much time to process things when there are this many signings going on. But looking at the Justin Turner signing, I think it's honestly kind of stupid that they sent this kind of money there. It's just $12 million per year they could have given to Xander Bogarts or $12 million per year that they could be given to Raphael Devers. And then they're going to cry poor when it comes time to sign Devers and say, you know what, we tried, we offered him three years and $50 million, and he didn't want it. You know, it's not going to be that. Obviously, I'm exaggerating. But it's going to be some bullshit offer to Devers like it was the Bogarts, and they'll use the excuse of, you know, the empty pockets, which is just nonsense. I, I'm not even a Red Sox fan, and I feel for these guys. Like, I can just imagine the Blue Jays letting Guerrero walk, letting Bichette walk, trading Manoa for bullshit, and then, you know, signing some random spare parts and then using that as the reason why you don't go out there and re-sign other big-name free agents or you don't re-sign your own stars who are impending free agents. I think it's just horseshit, honestly. Apologies for the bad language here. I just, I'm, I'm just upset for Red Sox fans, and I hate the Red Sox. I, I, I mean, I hate the Yankees more, but they're a big rival for my team. I'm not somebody who's going to be going out there and feeling sorry for the Red Sox unnecessarily, but this has been malpractice in terms of the front office what they've done here Justin Turner is okay he's fine fantasy point of view sure I like it but real life it's stupid it, it makes no sense take that money and re-sign your star players don't sign a 38 year old third baseman who's got maybe a year or two left it's just I don't know I find it to be really disappointing certain front offices certain ownerships in baseball crying poor when they are billionaires at least hundreds of millionaires of these guys like I don't think every not every owner is a billionaire, but these guys have money to spend. It's a profitable endeavor to own a baseball team, and these guys pocket the money. They sign these bullshit players, and you know, not to say that Justin Turner is a bullshit player, he's not by any means. But you take the money that should have gone to a franchise icon in Xander Bogarts. You know, it's not necessarily directly a one for one. This money went to him instead of him. But you know, between Yoshida and Turner and Kenley Jansen. Yeah, they could have re-signed him, and maybe you'd rather take those other three pieces, but I don't know that you would. 30-year-old Yoshida, you got 38-year-old Turner, and 35-year-old Kenley Jansen. I don't know, guys. You tell me what you think over on Twitter, at JoeOrico99, at EthosFantasyBB. That'll be our show for today. You guys also could really make my day leaving a positive review on the podcast if you are listening on a site that does allow reviews. I know they don't all, but Apple, Google, Spotify, uh, I think those are the ones that do. There might be a couple others you guys can let me know. And let me know just by leaving that review, and we'll see it, of course. Uh, guys, we will be back tomorrow, probably getting back to the SP reviews, depending on what happens with news. But like we said off the top, not really that much going on anymore now that these guys have signed. The, the pool is quite thinned out now. Like Off the top of my head, Brandon Drury, he's the only one that's really coming to mind that's unsigned. I mean, there's a couple of other players too, but for the most part, the big names are off the board. We're going to continue with our positional reviews, and then we're going to start looking ahead more so to next season. We're going to go team by team. I'm going to try and bring on somebody in the baseball, fantasy baseball world who is affiliated or a fan of every single team if I can. I might have to do a couple solo, and we're going to start breaking down rosters from top to bottom, fantasy and real life at the same time. Guys, we will see you again tomorrow. Until then, cheers. Cheers.